It is the 11th day of Hello Internet. This is a marathon. I've done so many train trips back and forth to come and see you here, Brady. I know, it's amazing. I admire your persistence. But all of a sudden, I can't believe that we're coming to the end of the 12 days. Penultimate? Don't write, you know, there's still... There's still time for magic. That, that's what the word coming means. Like we're coming to the end. It's not the end. Right. That will be tomorrow. Right. But it's gone by in a flash. What have you got there? You've got another card from a Tim. What does it say? Yes. This was just a random one that I opened up. Gray's doing a little pre-read before reading it out loud in case there's anything well, libelous. It's what, <laughs> no, it's just some of them are long and you're trying to you want to see where is the question. Right. Skip. <laughs> I've decided this is one to skip. That's one for the recycling. Just lots of, you know, Brady's great, Brady's excellent. Yeah, that's, uh, that is 100% the reason I skip it. It's like Brady, it's just all these Brady compliments. What have I got? One? I've opened one here that looks like it's got something in it. Oh, so this is a card that's full of blank postcards for Rochester, New York. Dear Gray on the left, Brady on the right. <laughs> Gray, here are some postcards that pretend Rochester isn't a frozen tundra eight months of the year. <laughs> <laughs> this comes from George in New York. I love the show. I missed out on the flag voting, but listen to every episode since the beginning. Not a question, but I would love more playing Crash Corner. Wouldn't we all, George? Wouldn't we all? No, we wouldn't all. And more updates about Lulu, Audrey, and Mr. <laughs> Chompers. And of course, more Black Stump news. <laughs> Best podcast on the internet. Well, I mean, I can't disagree with that part. There's no question or discussion point there. <laughs> right. But I enjoyed every word of that. <laughs> every word. Thank you, George from New York. <laughs> How long do you think people would keep listening to Hello Internet if all we did was read cards from people saying, I really enjoy the show? Right. Well, that's. I mean, I have skipped a lot of them because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we have enjoyed them. Thank you, people. Yes. Yes. Well, this one's come from Australia, so it must be good. Oh, it's well sealed, though. Okay, Brady, mm. I have a question for you. Yeah? What is your favorite place in Australia that's not in South Australia? <laughs> I mean, can you even think of one? My favorite place in Australia that's not in South Australia is Uluru or Ayers Rock. Mm. By some distance. I love it. I love going there. And if anyone ever goes to Australia, I highly recommend visiting there. And if you can, I highly recommend driving there because mm-hmm. that's like part of the experience for me. And the best place from to drive there from? Adelaide. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Up like, through you South know, you Australia. Can't, you can't sneak that in. That's, well, that's, that's illegal. Yeah, you can only really drive there from Adelaide or Darwin. And so anyway, Ayers Rock, definitely. Go there, people. Uluru, magnificent. So Australian, so beautiful. Am I misremembering? But I thought I came across a story saying they were going to limit visitor numbers to Uluru at some point. Or am I thinking about that incorrectly? Well, there's always talk about banning climbing it because mm-hmm. the native Aboriginal people there don't like it being climbed. Mm-hmm. And there's a sign at the bottom saying, we would prefer that you didn't climb it. Mm-hmm. But you are allowed to climb it. Right. A lot of people just go ahead and climb it anyway. They'll mm-hmm. close it if it goes above a certain temperature because it becomes dangerous. But if it's cool enough, you are allowed to climb or you can just walk around the base. I've been to Ayers Rock three or four times i've never climbed it. i've always just walked around the base you know because i thought it was the right thing to do but there is always talk about banning climbing it Hmm. maybe they think it would hurt the tourism numbers too much because a certain number of people want to go there and conquer the rock and climb it so maybe that's why the ban hasn't come in yet but there's always talk about it Hmm. i told you about taking rocks from it didn't i i must have told you about this on hello internet before so 
people always want to take a piece of the rock as right. like a souvenir. And there are bits of rock everywhere. So you can just pick a little bit of rock up and take it home. But you're not supposed to do that. It is banned mm. and you shouldn't do it. But yeah, there's totally like a shouldn't. but there's like an urban legend that taking a piece of air's rock gives you incredible bad luck. Hmm. And it's really, really common. It's like there's a whole like the people that run like the office almost every week will receive three or four pieces of rock sent from somewhere in the world from people saying, I took this piece of rock. My life's like gone to crap ever since. Can you please just go and put it back on the rock? I'm trying to undo the bad luck. So, you know, obviously it's superstition, of course, but it's a funny story that, that like there's almost like a whole department for receiving bits of returned rock from people who took it. <laughs> that's great. What's your favorite place in America that's not in North Carolina or New York. <laughs> but, but see, the thing, Brady, is I'm not doing boosterism for a particular part in America all no. the time. So nobody needs to ask me that question to say like, oh, what's your favorite part in America that's not the part of America you're talking about If all the someone time? from England or Australia said to you, Gray, I've got like two or three days and I've got a free ticket to go to America and I can only go to one place in America and it's the only time I'm ever going to go to America in my life. Oh, my God. What's the thing, the one thing I should go and see for a day or two? I know that's really like, hard. That's an impossible I know, question I know it's to difficult. ask. I know yeah. it's difficult and I know it's different from person to person. So I'm just going to make you take the plunge. You don't know the person. You don't know what their personal interests are. You just know they're only going to go to America once and you want them to come away thinking, I'm glad I saw that. I don't know if this is the best answer, but it's the, it's the answer that's coming to my mind. And it is a thing that I often recommend, which is the area around Moab in Utah. And I think there's two national parks and several state parks that all surround the city. And I have had um, various reasons to go to Moab a few times. And I would recommend it because I think it's beautiful in a way that's different from almost anywhere else in the world. But I think I can also answer your question this way because it's very American and for the rest of that person's life, if they ever watch movies that take place in the West, they will be able to say like, oh, I know that spot. Like I was in that canyon, right? Or I know those hills in the background. Hmm. So even if I guessed really wrong and it's a person who doesn't like an outdoorsy, deserty place, it's still a place that I think like I could recover a bit of a win in the future if they're watching a movie that takes place in America that they might then have the feeling of, oh, I was there. And I think that might be better than New York because it would be unexpected in a sense. Like they, It's like, ah, okay, I, I have some connection with that place. So maybe that's what I would pick. Maybe that's what I would pick. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've not been there, so I obviously have to do it. I recommend it for you. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. I will go there. I will go there and have a look. I would send someone to New York. I think that is the safest bet. Yeah. New York City is the safest bet for yeah. sure. I feel like that's a place that it is good to have seen in your life. Mm. I'm beginning to tire of it a little bit mm -hmm. i've probably just been there too much lately mm. in fact as people are listening to this in fact i've just got back from there yesterday <laughs> oh did you you just got back from there yesterday as people are listening to this yes so but i've been there like three times in the last three months so maybe i've had my fill for now but it's amazing isn't it like you know it's amazing to look at it's amazing to be inside so much to do and i mean obviously i grew up kind of in the shadow of new york but uh in recent years i've had opportunity to go back there a bunch it is a great place. Yeah. And it's very different to experience it as an adult coming back versus growing up as a kid. Yeah. And I like it both ways. And you know, we were talking about city design before. One thing that I really like about New York is it's distinct. Like it feels like New York, even just on a random street. 
Yeah. And I like that property in cities. And there are many cities, particularly in America, that feel like they could be anywhere. And yeah. New York is not one of those places. It's also the scale of New York. Like it's so big and you you do start taking it for granted because everything's so big. Mm. And sometimes you'll look at a building and you'll think, oh, that's a bit of a disappointing nondescript building by New York standards. And then you'll stop and look at it more closely and go, my goodness, it's like 30 stories tall. It's <laughs> ginormous. Like it would be the biggest building in Adelaide by quite some distance. <laughs> it would even dwarf the mighty black stump. And yet here it's just like, just a little, it's just like a nothing building. Mm-hmm. And that's like pretty amazing that happens. It's a pretty amazing city to wander around. Here we go, Gray. Dear Brady and Gray, this comes from Sydney, Australia, from Carolyn. Thank you for continuing to create such an awesome and enjoyable podcast. Uh-huh. But enough about the Unmade podcast. No, sorry. <laughs> I would be interested to know what the layout of the Hello Internet Museum would be once it's opened. Have you thought about this yet? I mean, how is it going to work, the Hello Internet Museum? Is it going to be lots of different rooms? Will there be themed rooms, do you think? Or is it going to be like one big open space? How is the Hello Internet Museum going to work? We seriously need to start thinking about this because my my office is going to start overflowing soon. That is true. I mean, we already settled that the golden hot stopper is going to be set up like the queen's jewels yeah where it's behind a glass case yeah. and you need people movers to keep people moving on by because yeah. of the throngs that are going to be there yeah so that obviously is going to be in some kind of vault that would be in the center yeah. of the museum i actually you know i don't want to get too carried away here and get right designs yeah. beyond you've my never station. never thought about this of course no but i do think it would probably be just one large space Hmm. And at the center with all the lights on it is the golden hot stopper. And hmm. then the walls around the edge would have different themed displays and cases that people kind of wander around. Right. But I mean, it is going to be quite a vast space by the time that we're done. I'm talking the turbine hole, you know. Yeah. Well, like, like this is what, yeah. But when you say, oh, on the walls, on the edge, but I'm, I in my head am thinking, yes, yes, but those walls will be very far apart from each other by the time we're done collecting artifacts yeah. for the show. So there will be like plinths in the middle right plinths in between where people can look at things like mounted yeah you're right yeah there's got to be more it can't just be the walls and then you have to take a five minute walk to get to the center where the tools are the other option is like we go bigger like (laughs) more ambitious and i'm talking there are different levels that you could go with your ambition but when you come to like top level ambition Mm -hmm. i'm talking like United would donate the plane you were on when you came in to land at Newark that we did the episode about, and that could be like right. suspended from the ceiling. Okay. The car we did the road trip on could be all donated right. by the hire car company. And mm-hmm. so there'll be all these like huge machine artifacts and children could wander up and down the okay. plane. And the seat you were sitting on when the aborted landing happened, that would be like roped off oh, to okay. protect it. So you couldn't right. pose for photos in that because it would get worn away right, by the, the constant usage. But like, so you could start having all these like really like, you know, major objects. I love your grandiosity, Brady. I really do. They're probably not going to donate a whole passenger airliner, are they, for the sake of, that's not going to happen, is it? I mean, one can dream. One can dream. <laughs> Don't we just keep out. we just keep growing the show and eventually, you know, they'll have to say yes. It could happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What do you got? Uh, Great. Can I show you one? Yep. I should have shown you this on the first day of Hello Internet on oh, Christmas okay. Day. But I, I lost it here under a bag of, of okay. other postcards. We do have a lot of postcards laying around. This was sent by a Tim who I've actually met in person and has even done a little bit of work for me, animation. She's quite a talented artist. 
called Alison. And she sent this Christmas card with a piece of artwork on it that she created. Oh, I feel like I've seen her work on the subreddit. Like this style looks familiar. Ah. This is great. So it's a drawing of the two of us enjoying our holidays. And I am a robot who is wearing a very comfy Maryland flag looking shirt. Not the typical gray robot though. Not not the one that exists in the zeitgeist. Yeah, so I- there's like, obviously the... I feel like you have a much more consistent representation, which is like a good-looking caveman. That's your like the robot is sometimes like this has many different features. One of the things I like about this robot is my in my head, the robot has clamp hands. Like in this and this version of the robot has little clamp hands, which I like. So that's what you imagine. Like if I'm imagining the like the style guide for the CGP gay robot, I always think of it as having like the classic robot clamp hands. Okay, yeah. As opposed to having like articulated fingers. Yeah. But this is like a very human looking robot. Yeah, like a silvery man almost. Yeah, like, like a silver man. Like, like almost like surfer. the tin man. Yeah, or the silver surfer or the tin man. Yeah. I also like that the eyes are just glowing green. Like the glasses are implied with these green rectangles around the eyes, but it's not actually glasses. I think the only problem with that is that that picture makes it you look friendlier than I would imagine, like in that kind of picture. You look too relaxed in that picture. That's the problem. Ah, that's yes, that's yeah. what it is. I have a very relaxed posture. Yeah, and I don't imagine you being that relaxed right. sitting in front of a fire next to me having a drink wearing yeah. Christmas sweaters. Yes, like, I like that you have a hot stopper in your drink as well. Oh yeah, I did a little hot that. stopper in there. You have a nail and gear shirt. I really like this art style though. It's it's great. Alison has sent me a link to a digital version of it as well. So we'll oh, make yeah, you we'll send also that. Like, you know, let people have a look at what's going on. Okay. So now I like this. It's Dear Dr. Brady Heron. Yeah. And the God of Bees. God of <laughs> so bees. I like, finally, I get some title here. I like yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I find you both well. Merry Christmas. My topic suggestion is chick flicks, chick flicks, chick flicks. <laughs> there have been a lot of cards asking A about chick flicks in general and when we're finally going to do our promised pajama party uh chick flick episode yeah gray mentioned a long time ago that he has many opinions on the formulas and tropes of chick flicks and i would love to hear both of your favorites hers is the devil wears product which is great excellent excellent chick flick Mm. (sighs) you know keeping it festive as well maybe discussion on love actually i think of our chick flick episode as a thing that i do want to do at some point still i don't know what that would be but perhaps to discuss it at another time i do have an idea for like for 2019 there's a way that like i sort of want to do stuff on the podcast which then brings up some of the things that we've been promising for a while like chick flick like the cricket episodes yeah all those things okay but yeah do i have a favorite chick flick (sighs) i mean there's so many that i've seen Again, I have like the recency bias. Like I saw How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days just a couple days ago, which is pretty good. It has a pretty good structure to it. Love Actually is obviously a classic. Is that a chick flick, Love Actually? I wouldn't put that as a chick flick category. It's very hard to define the difference sometimes between chick flicks and romantic comedies. There is a blurred line there. I think of chick flick as a superset. I have a very broad interpretation of what would be a chick flick yeah like you know you think of those charts like what is a sandwich and you have like structural purists versus ingredient purists yes right i am very expansive in my like what is a chick flick 
maybe controversial. I would put the Twilight Saga as chick flicks. Like I would categorize those under this umbrella. I would put Love Actually as chick flick. I'm open to many things being chick flicks, even things that people would totally disagree on. Do you have a more? You look like you have a more narrow concept, perhaps. Like uh, what? Like when you think romantic comedy versus chick flick, what are you thinking? I don't know. There's sort of this date movie romantic comedy, chick flick. I don't know. I think. I've never thought about how I think about it. And so putting me on the spot and I like mm. I reserve the right to change my mind about this, but I think of like chick flick as one that when the bean counters were sitting around in Hollywood thinking who's our target audience, they would have been saying women. Yeah. Particularly uh, okay, younger okay. particularly younger women. And I think when they were sitting around making Legally Blonde, for example, I imagine they were thinking, Who's gonna go and see this movie? Top mm-hmm. of their list were kind of women, particularly mm-hmm. younger women. I mean, other people see it and enjoy it. I love that movie. Right, but, but like they only have so many marketing dollars. Where yeah, are you going to spend yeah, the marketing dollars? Yeah, but when they made Love Actually, I don't think they would have straight away said, this is a film that's you know, mainly targeted at women. So hmm. I think maybe that's how I think of it. The number one category in their marketing was right. women. So you, you are a demographic purist in, okay. a, in a sense for chick flicks. Like, okay. what, like what thing matters to you? Hmm. hmm. I mean, you know, and I, it happens to be that I really love those films and mm. they're not restricted to women, but that's just, I don't know, that's just an attempt at defining what it is in my head. It's not a bad place to start a discussion. Like, what is the perceived marketing demographic for mm. this movie? Yeah. Like, I just really don't have anything in my head except a general... This is where I am arbitrary man, right? Of like, this movie is a chick flick, that movie is a chick flick, and I don't really have in my head any clear idea of what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think in some ways, uh, a huge influencing factor is, was it a movie that my wife wanted to see that we watched together? It's like, oh, well, maybe it's a chick flick, right? But yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't possibly pick a favorite, but there, like, there's so many good ones. What's the one with Alicia Silverstone? Clueless. Clueless. Yeah. I mean, Clueless is classic. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like it's a Jane Austen of chick flicks, right? Which yeah. is almost redundant. But I would probably put that as... As my number one, that also fits totally in the genre. Like, there's no, there's no ambiguity as to what genre that fits in as well. That's clearly whatever Venn diagram you draw. I can't think of one where that doesn't classify for the genre mm. as well. So, so that's why I feel comfortable placing it in there. Yeah, Clueless is like axiomatically a chick mm. flick. Like, I would feel like if if we had to record our episode and pick a film for it, that would have been my pick. Mm. But who knows? Yeah, that would be high on the list. Yeah. I don't know if it could possibly work, but I would find it hilarious to do a discussion of the Twilight Saga with you. But that is also an investment of seven movies. I'd I'd love to do that. (laughs) I'd love to do that. Because like I want to like that more than I do. Mm -hmm. The first one I quite liked and then it just gets really bad, doesn't it? See, I unironically think those are good movies like no joke no humor in it at all i can actually defend the twilight saga like all day long but it's like it requires a hell of an investment from people on the other side i think after about four films it falls off a bit of a cliff have you made it all the way through to the end braiding maybe i haven't like i like it when jacob starts getting a bit better looking mm-hmm. and that becomes more interesting then because there's like a genuine like I would have thought there'd be more of a rivalry in Bella's head. but So the first one's good because it's like the magic of that. Wow, these they're vampires. Mm-hmm. And then it gets good when Jacob gets like, he gets his hair cut and suddenly he's like a viable alternative. Right. To, yeah. He suddenly, he suddenly has grown up. Yeah. 
But then it just gets really weird when you start all the international intrigue of like vampire politics and stuff. It's just like, what the? Like, I just want the will he or won't he boyfriend, girlfriendy stuff. And when it all gets a bit weird. But see, here's the thing. I kind of love it. I love when they bring in like these weird vampire politics from, from foreign lands. I love it because it's so ridiculous, but it's <laughs> somehow for me, it doesn't quite fall off the edge of being stupid. Yeah. And like the guy who plays, oh, I forgot his name, the main ridiculous like yeah, king of the Michael vamp- Shane. Yeah. yeah. He's so overacting, but it's like, you've sold me on this somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I just totally buy into it. You're more of a team Jacob then than team Edward. I think I probably would have been a bit more Team Jacob. Maybe I don't know. I respect her loyalty, mm-hmm. but I don't know what I think about those films. I think <laughs> I don't like them. But I definitely would like talk about them. It's way more fun <laughs> talking about films you don't like than films you do like. So it'll happen one day, people. But we've been saying that for a while. We still haven't done our visit to the tip. I saw a couple of Christmas cards saying, "When are we finally like the rubbish tip?" Like I was talking one time about how I love going to the rubbish tip, and I was oh. saying, "Oh, you should come with me." I'm finding it so hard to take you seriously now because we've opened so many cards that a not trivial amount of glitter from the cards has made its way into your hair and yeah, over no, your phone. Like we've got, we've got, we've been like glitter bombed over here. Yeah, glitter. We're like glitter everywhere. We're covered in Christmas. We're card both glitter. sparkly like vampires right now, Brady. 